Hello, listeners, and welcome to another episode of Kessel Run Collecting. And as always, I'm your host, Eric, and with me, my good friend, Matt. You there? Yeah, what's up, mic. everybody? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, know, you had your mic <laughs> muted. I was like, hey, what's up, everybody? And you're like, you're there? Like, crap. Hello? Hello? Bueller? 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 <laughs> All right. So on this show, uh, we're going to go over our top 10 Phantom Menace figures back from the Phantom Menace line that came uh, shortly after the beginning of Power of the Force 2. Uh, but before that, we're going to get into some things like our recent pickups. Uh, Matt, what have you gotten recently, if anything? Um, yeah, I've got a few things recently. Mostly stuff that went on sale, like... Uh... The Amazon Target 18, 17, 18 dollar Dark Troopers went on sale. So I picked up one of those. Um, found that in the uh, Target store. Uh, GameStop had this buy two, get one half off deal. And I picked up uh, three of the Eldani uh, Andor and Imperial Army gear so I can head swap those and make some more Imperial Army troops. Uh, other than that, just. Not really. There isn't. I mean, just whatever. I, I, I've i got the pre-order in on some things that came out uh, that's been announced, like the uh, removable helmet Darth Vader and uh, Indoor Han that have finally hit the e-tailers. But other than that, not really much else at all. Yeah, it has been a, a little bit of a drought, which, which I'm fine with <laughs> right mm-hmm. now because... Uh, you know, when they were doing the Mando Mondays or Wednesdays or when whatever day they were doing it, um, you know, we were getting a lot of stuff dropping on a regular basis. And so, you know, it's kind of nice to have a time where you can just kind of take a breath and, uh, you know, wait, wait for your credit card to start getting slammed or whatever when when stuff starts coming in. Um, I did get in. uh the Aldini Andor, myself. I haven't opened him yet. Also got the Mortar Trooper in. Oh, yeah. Uh, which I have not opened him yet. And along with that, uh, and then I got the Paz Vizsla deluxe figure. And I did open him. Uh, really nice figure. I like the fact he comes with, with extras. Uh, I don't like the fact he's a deluxe. Hmm. Here we are again. It's like, oh, he's a little bit bigger. Oh, he comes with a boot knife. Oh, wow. <laughs> that, that 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 right there certainly cost, you know, them like $5 more or whatever. But, you know, as, as we've discussed, collecting is uh, it, it, it's a sickness. And so what I've been doing is uh, I, I thought I needed some therapy, you know, to kind of work through everything. So, uh, I'm, I'm going to tell you a little bit about my, my situation here. Confessions of a Star Wars Collector. Session 1. You can call me Dr. Dodonna. I help collectors work through their collecting-related problems. Today, I have a patient coming to me asking for help with what he says is an abusive relationship. Thanks for seeing me on such short notice. No problem. You said you wanted to talk about an abusive relationship you're in? I want you to know you can feel free to confide in me. I've helped others like you that were in these situations. 
So who is this person that you feel is being abusive? Well, it's not really just one person. No? Yeah, it's Hasbro. Hasbro? You mean the toy company? That's right. How, how are they abusive? Well, their prices for one thing. That's a big one. I've been giving them my money for years, decades. But their prices are a little suspect, you know. Yeah, prices go up. But the cost of their Star Wars figures have gone up more than most other brands and toy lines. But that's not the craziest part. Now, if you want a vintage collection figure, and that figure happens to be just a tiny bit taller than other figures, or maybe has a small extra accessory included, then it'll cost you more than a Black Series figure. You used air quotes on extra accessory. Why'd you say it that way? Because we used to get these small accessories included as a matter of course. It's nothing special, but they act like they're doing us collectors a favor. Congratulations, collectors. You get to spend $5 more to get a five-cent accessory. We'll put it in a blind box and call it deluxe. Have they always done this? No. Used to be if one figure costs more for them to make, they would balance out that wave of figures with another figure that cost them less to make. Then the prices would all be the same. Now prices are all over the place. Well, that doesn't make much sense. Of course it doesn't! And don't get me started on the Boba Fett tax. Okay, tell me about that. Every time they make a Boba Fett figure now, it's overpriced by $5 or more. They'll charge more just to do a simple repaint of a Boba Fett. A repaint! Well, that sounds like a real dick move on their part. And I can see now why you feel that your relationship has taken an abusive turn. But I'm not paying the Boba Fett tax. You hear me, Hasbro? Not paying it! Now see? That's good. You're standing up for yourself. If the relationship has become one-sided, there's nothing wrong with walking away. I did pre-order the deluxe croissantin, though. The who? He's a Wookiee bounty hunter, and he's awesome. He's also an overpriced deluxe figure. Oh, no. I thought you weren't going to take this abuse from them any longer. Baby steps, Doc. Baby steps. Now, I'm really going to have to have some words with my therapist. Uh, I, I, I think there's certain rules against, uh, you know, recording people without their knowledge. And yep. uh, I, I don't know, maybe maybe she's working on like a book or something about action figure collecting addiction. But, you know, I'm, I'm trying to talk through my problems and everything. So change your 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 doctor sounds a lot like Donna. I, I, I don't know why that. that um... oh. It's it's Doctor Dodonna. Oh Dodon. Oh Dodon. Oh, I see. Yeah, I, I uh. can see where the confusion lies. <laughs> so yeah, do you have anything on the way that you might have ordered? And um, let me think, dude. Uh, uh, aside from the Boba Fett's, which have yet to be shipped, my target from my target exclusive ones. Just everything that's on pre-order, man. Just um, the waves and uh. Basically, I, I talked about the uh, getting stuff because it's it's been kind of a light month for Star Wars news. You know, most stuff has been um either pre-ordering or waiting. We're waiting for more speculation on what the Haslab's going to be or the um, the job of the throne or, or the Boba Fett throne rooms are going to hit either at the end of this month or beginning of September. So, 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm, I, I'm not in a hurry. I don't have like a ton of disposable income right now, so you don't need to put anything more up for pre-order. I'm okay for now. Agreed. So, um, yeah, I got two things that are on their way. I got the notification yesterday. They shipped, so they'll probably be here maybe Tuesday, Wednesday. Um, not Star Wars stuff. Uh, as I mentioned before, I got a Transformers Optimus Prime Shoju figure, mm. and uh, which is awesome. I love it. Um, but the Megatron one is now en route from Big Bad Toys Store, along with a book that the way I found out about it was I was watching, I don't know, it was like some sort of like documentary with, with toys in or something, I think. And someone had mentioned a book called The Toys That Time Forgot. Does that sound familiar to you at all? Toys That Time Forgot. I mean, it, there's something vague in the back of my memory about the time for but toys and time forgot as this as a phrase but okay so i look i looked it up i was like huh what is that and uh so i looked it up and it was done as a crowdfund uh, i think 2015 maybe and it turns out that the guy that wrote it is now like just recently put out volume three and i i guess he crowdfunded all of them um but the book is all about toy lines that I guess either very short-lived or never happened. Like maybe they were pro. Uh, yeah, like sectars and things like that. I kind of have a vague memory of this now. Yeah, so unfortunately, the one thing I don't care for is that it didn't say what lines are covered in each volume. Mm. And I think it's about 200 pages. I think it's hardcover. But interestingly enough, the only place... I could find it for sale was Big Bad Toy Store, which I didn't mm. mind considering that is that's like my primary uh, online shopping place. And they were a little pricey, $60, which is why I only got the first volume. I'm going to see if I like it. Yeah, that's and, like the, uh, the blue. That's where I got my blue milk book from was Big Bad Toy Store. Yeah. And I think part of what makes some of these crowdfunded books so expensive is when they make them hardcover. To me, I would rather, can you shave like 10, 15, maybe even $20 off the price and just make it soft cover? I'm happy with that. Um, especially because if, say you wanted to like sit in bed reading this or something, sometimes hardcover can just be too bulky to deal with. I, I've had some books like that where it's like, good grief, I need to put the thing on a pedestal to read it. Yeah, I mean, I, I understand the desire to make something appear premium, okay? But I would rather have a little less premium and have less price. <laughs> but it is what it is. So we'll, uh, you know, hopefully I'll have a chance to to get it in hand and, and look over it and everything before the next episode. And I will report back on whether it was any good or not. Okay. So, uh, yeah, those are the only two things I ordered. None of them Star Wars. I don't think I even got... I don't think I bought anything Star Wars even secondhand. I've put a couple things up for sale. A few more of my uh, Black Series went up for sale. Um, so Sometimes it might take me a while to, to determine I'm going to get rid of something. But then when that ball starts rolling, 
like each additional item becomes a little bit easier to do. <laughs> mm, yeah, yeah. So, you know, I started off with, I'm like, ah, okay, uh, the, these are kind of obscure. I don't care about those. And then it's like, okay, well, the next thing can go. And then the next thing can go. So um, I have probably 50% of the remainder of my Black Series are currently up for sale right now. Nice. Well, I, I mean, I was never a big Black Series guy. Anything, so I, Yeah. I, what what started me getting any of them was when they came out there was a real drought of good super articulated three and three quarter inch and so it was kind of like well this luke x-wing looks pretty darn cool yeah i'll just i'll just pick that one up just to buy something and then it was the darth maul and then it was you know this one and then it was like well i'm just gonna get troopers and uh, okay boba fett because i like boba fett and well, hey, if they're going to make the other bounty hunters, I may as well get those. <laughs> they go with Boba Fett. And then, it, I mean, just how many troopers they put out. And I didn't I didn't even go all that far. Like, I wasn't getting obscure, like, video game repaints and stuff like that. It was just all the basic OT troopers. And then the, uh, the sequel trilogy troopers. And then it was, like, the Rogue One and Solo troopers. And I'm like, you know what? Even that's getting out of hand so you know I'm, I'm clearing a lot of those out and i i think i'm going to focus more on if i get anything black series it, it's not going to be because it's part of a collection like you can have a collection of troopers or a collection of bounty hunters or whatever it'll just be like character specific like i really like that character okay i will mm. get those in black series so i just have to kind of rewire my brain on how i'm going to collect some of that stuff so uh just a quick hole in the ground update the cantina i have now shipped the first seven uh full cantinas oh wow yeah and i look at i look at my backer list at what i still have to do and i'm like i i feel like i'm gonna be doing this for the rest of my life There's hmm. just there's just so many parts. I should really count how many parts are in a kit. Jake James actually just had on on his Facebook. He had a photo of like all the parts laying out. Oh yeah, yeah. And I tell you what, it is a lot of weight. Um, <laughs> oh man, a full cantina without flooring and without the additional back rooms that you could get still is like. 31 pounds holy i i didn't realize this was so heavy yeah yeah it's like 33 to 34 pounds if, if someone's getting like all the flooring and the back rooms and everything um yeah it's it is a whopper <laughs> hmm. and, and, and this is why it was not open to international backers because i had no idea how big the boxes were gonna have to be how much everything was gonna weigh now i know <laughs> yeah international backers yet let them know that eventually you know <laughs> yeah well I, well I got one guy man i i swear like every week every time i do an update on the campaign it's like uh are we any closer i'm like no <laughs> not really no <laughs> i still have, i still have a lot to do one of the things i did just recently is the distillery part I never had piping come with it uh, because there was really no way to cast it. And uh, so like for myself and what I always recommended for other people is 
like use coat hanger wire or whatever, you know, and to run piping to, you know, hold all the little IG-88 heads and everything. Well, mm -hmm. I now have um, a two-piece assembly that gets 3D printed. And so you, you put the two halves together and they got drill holes and all the IG-88 heads and then you can kind of mount everything to the base. So <clears throat> that's a really, really nice upgrade to the distillery. Nice. Uh, I, it's only a matter of time till I start like seeing cantina parts in my sleep. <laughs> you know, speaking of, uh, picking up used toys and everything, uh, I, I thought we could do is kind of like a little, a little topic before we get into our main topic about, uh, conventions and toy shows. And, and, the, and the reason why this is kind of like on the tip of my brain is because, a couple weekends ago, I vended at a convention not too far from us. Far enough away we had to get a hotel and everything. And my wife and I had never been at this one before. And we we got a corner booth for a really good price. Hmm. So it was like, well, well, we'll take the risk, okay? And I looked it up online. And of, and of course, like a lot of conventions, it's very difficult to find attendance numbers. Because I usually like to try find ones where the attendance is above a certain threshold. Like if if they say, "Oh, we get five hundred people," pfft, yeah, I'm not going. <laughs> if they say a thousand, I'm probably going to say, mm, "Not worth my time going." So we, we got like a twelve by twelve booth for three hundred and fifty bucks, which is really good price. And the name of it was not something that sounded like it was an anime con and it's because when it started it was like an everything con and then it leaned heavier anime and video games which that's not a problem but and and i'll get into why i make that point so we went to this show and it, it was a great show and it, it was it was the first convention i think we had ever gone to where we started packing up early and that's generally a no-no for uh, vendors at shows is if if it's running till, you know, in this case, 6 p.m. Sunday, you are not allowed to break down and leave before then. And, it, and it's for obvious reasons. Uh, you know, if you have attendees that come and they go to a dealer's room and they go, where is everyone? And they go, everyone left early. And then the, the attendees say, well, why did I pay to come here? And I can't see everything that I was told would be here. So I do understand why on the convention end of things they that's a general rule anywhere mm. however we were we were just so exhausted and it was a miserable show that i broke down like an hour and a half early and we were not the only ones i think a majority of the vendors were leaving early um i don't know what their attendance numbers were but here's the thing no one was buying Almost no one was buying anything. And to the point where people weren't even really looking, it was kind of like you would see people go through the aisles and their heads aren't even turning to the left and right. Like they're even looking at vendor booths. It's almost like, let's take a walk through the dealer's hall. And another thing I noticed was normally a large portion of our sales are with like credit card or debit card or something like that. This show, I cannot remember the last show we did that so many people were paying in cash. Hmm. Now, I don't care how someone gives me their money, but 
I think it might have been indicative to people having less disposable income. Yeah. Where someone comes in the door, they got $20 in their wallet. They're like, this is all I have to spend is what's yep. in my wallet. That's what I do. When I know I have a hard limit, I get it in cash. It's way, a little piece of plastic is way too easy to go over on. So Yeah. You know, it didn't, it didn't have a lot of people buying. And as far as the vendors went, it was a weird mix. I mean, a really weird mix of vendors. And of course, there was one or two that were like, oh, pops, pops. <laughs> um, the way I put it, it was almost like the, the show didn't really have an identity that you could say it's this type of show. Even though it's like all their guests were, I think, I think they were all voice actor guests except for one guy. And, you know, it, it apparently had a lot of, like, panels that were, like, video game related and, and things like that. But but it was really weird because you would walk through the vendor's room. And, like, for example, right across from us was an author. Okay. And he was a vendor sitting across from us. It was like, okay, that's kind of odd. And, and so what the different people were selling was kind of all over the place. And then you got to the artist alley. And it wasn't really well defined where the border between the two was it was just that suddenly you started seeing the things being sold being slightly different and even the artist alley was boring now some of this is not the fault of the convention itself this has to do with booth layout and what people were selling in the artist alley it almost looked like the artist alley was like three people oh, <laughs> because no. almost every booth was like uh, pastel peach, pastel peach, pastel peach. Oh, kind of a pastel orange or blue. This person's trying to mix it up here. They all looked the same. They looked like the same booth and they were all selling very similar type, like little pins and, and stickers. And the artwork didn't even stand out. Like you could walk by and say, this person's art stands out. Like it all looked like it was for the most part, the same people. It was mm. just boring. Yeah, it's like, like that beige, beige paint you see in like dentist's office and waiting rooms for like uh, doctor's appointments and stuff. It was all pastel. Like at almost every booth had some sort of pastel, and there was maybe two people selling something a little bit different in the in the artist alley. And granted, like I said, the people running the show. They're not like, send me a picture of your booth layout and what colors you use and everything. Now, there are some conventions that do that. I, I have had like once or twice where they say it would be helpful if you sent us a picture of like what a typical booth layout is. But, you know, m most don't do that. And so it was like the artist alley was boring. The dealer's hall, except for my booth, of course, <laughs> was pretty boring. And okay, so now we're talking about something where They've kind of shifted to being a little bit heavier anime. All right. I like building Gundam model kits. There was maybe two Gundam kits in the entire dealer's hall. Manga, there was maybe two booths that sold any manga. What? What are they what are they all selling if they're not selling manga and like what kind of anime items are they selling then? Because as you that, see well, from that, my, I would... well, that's the thing. Uh, some people are selling like some statues and, and some stuff like that, but a lot of it, it almost looked like what you could walk into Target or Walmart and buy. Like oh. when I go to a convention, what I like about a dealer's room is I might be able to find something I will never see in a store. 
Yeah. And so much of it just seemed like, and it was just such a weird mix. Okay. So for example, they had, um, they had a couple costuming groups there. They had a booth that was Halo costumers and they had one that was uh, GI Joe. And and I actually know that group because it was the same convention center that RetroCon's in. That's and the finest, isn't it? The, that group of GI Joe guys is called the finest. Or yeah, something like that? yeah, the finest. And uh, they're always set up at RetroCon, which is the same convention center this was in. Mm-hmm. Um, so it wasn't too surprising to see them. Okay, there was no Star Wars costuming clubs like the Five Hundred First Rebel Legion, anything. Hmm. But they had the droid builders, like my regional chapter of the droid builders which i didn't know they were going to be there so it 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 turned out like there were people i knew there (laughs) um but it was kind of like wait wait, you don't have any star wars costuming groups but you have the droid builders and then you have halo and gi joe but almost no one's selling that kind of stuff but they're also not really selling anime stuff okay here's one that was weird there was a vendor that was selling a wine. <laughs> what? <laughs> okay. Number one vendor. I'm going there. You're getting smashed. This okay. Dimension. Now, you're talking about a show that is likely attended by a lot of people that literally legally cannot buy the product. Well, I mean, I mean. <laughs> now, almost any convention I go to, I try to find at least one thing, even if it's just like one little figure or something, I usually try to buy something. This was like, there was nothing. Hmm. There was nothing to buy there. Hmm. But you know what? We did get a bottle of wine. There you go. See, I mean, Hey, after that weekend, you yeah. kind of needed it. Was this... and, and I, and they had, uh, they had samples you could get and and my Mm. wife had a glass and she brought it over to me she said yeah they were selling samples or whatever that stuff was damn good (laughs) it it went down really easy (laughs) so (laughs) so yeah uh, you know i i am kind of poking fun at the fact that they had that vendor there but you spent the money there (laughs) uh, yeah you know uh, and, and, and who knows, maybe a bunch of the other vendors that did poorly, maybe they all bought bottles, uh, because all the vendors we talked to were doing as bad as we were. There were some vendors that a lot of times weren't at their booth. Cause they're like, well, it, like no one's even coming by. There was one vendor I talked to and she, and she was like Sunday, shortly before they broke down, they said they just broke even hole in the ground. We took a loss. Oh, wow. Adding up the booth and hotel, which of course the hotels will kill you. Uh, the hotel and the the booth, we didn't break even even on that. And I wasn't counting like food or gas to get there. Oh well. And I spent over the course of a month and a half stocking product for that show. Now, fortunately, come the end of August, we have another show that we're doing. So that will at least maybe give me a head start on that one. If, if I don't sell that those products between now and then, but yeah, it, and I wasn't selling the diorama stuff there. I was selling props, which is what I usually do better at with, uh, with conventions. So I, I don't know. It was, it was miserable. And then on top of it, you know, we didn't, we didn't sleep very well. Cause we, we don't sleep all that great when we're at a hotel, 
even if it's a nice one. We're out of our own bed. <laughs> we tend not to sleep as well. And then last night we were there, Saturday night. Uh, apparently the hotel was hosting uh, some school soccer teams. And about nine o'clock, which we weren't sleeping at that point, but about nine o'clock at night, start hearing all these kids in the hallway down our room, boom, 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 running back and forth like they thought it was a soccer court or something. And so I had to put on my uh, old man pants and go out and yell at them to get off my lawn. that's the best part of the story so far yeah i I had to open the door and i was like seriously like what the hell oh we're sorry we're sorry and i'm like yeah yeah i hear you gremlins um and so the next morning we went down and the woman checking us out and stuff she goes so how was your stay and we're like and she goes let me guess the kids and we're like, yeah. And she's like, yeah, you're not the only people to complain. Like, we actually um, got a free night. Oh, nice. It. So I don't, I don't know. May, maybe that puts us to the good a little mm-hmm. bit on the finances. But uh, yeah, my wife had gone down in the evening after we got to the hotel room to uh, just get something to eat uh, downstairs and bring it back up. And she was like, yeah, we don't want to go to the pool tonight. Because she said it was just tons of kids, not a single adult in sight. All the adults were at the bar. <laughs> so it was like all these kids like running around the whole freaking hotel unsupervised. While all the parents are at the bar. And uh, yeah, so it was just the entire, like everything was miserable about the trip. And then... Um, Usually Mondays, I don't do any work Mondays other than unloading the car if it needs unloaded. And I I consider that recovery day. Hmm. Well, well, let me tell you, I've worked a lot harder at shows than I did at this one, considering there wasn't a whole heck of a lot going on. But, oh my gosh, we were both so... I, I cannot remember the last time being that exhausted from a show. I didn't wake up till 11 o'clock and... Then I unloaded the van, put some stuff away. I maybe did like maybe two hours worth of work. Mm-hmm. And then I watched about two hours of TV and then I had to take a nap. And then I took mm-hmm. a nap till like 830 <laughs> at night. Huh. It got up. It was like, oh my gosh, all I did was sleep <laughs> for 90% of the day. Uh, it was it was rough. It was glorious. Really it's bad, but I mean, I love sleeping. I'm gonna go love you. So yeah, it was it was a miserable weekend, miserable show, but it you know it got me thinking about conventions, and uh, maybe we can have some recommends because I wouldn't recommend going to that show, but mm. <laughs> ever again. What, was this last weekend this happened? I think no, it's two weekends ago. Was that the same weekend as the ICCC con, or is that yes? Yes, which I thought was kind of weird because I remember I, I messaged you when I was at the show. I'm like, oh, this show's horrible. And you were like, are you going to be at ICC this weekend? And I'm like, well, how could I be? I'm here. <laughs> this other show. Although I kind of wish I would have been at ICC. Yeah, yeah, they finally they put theirs into. I you realize that that's a five, this is the fifth year of ICCC. I didn't realize it's been five years already. Wow. That show. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, didn't, I don't I don't ever go to it, so I'm, I don't really like, um, you know, humaning with other humans that much and being around other 
people. That's why I try to stay in my introverted little uh, spider hole. So. See, I I tend to be that way, but I'm okay at conventions because it's kind of like at least I'm around my people a little ah, more. True. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I uh, I'm going to actually be going to a toy show that I haven't been to before in Maryland tomorrow. Um, and I just found out about it yesterday. <laughs> oh man! Um, I, I was talking with a friend of mine. He he's kind of been getting into the toy buy, refurbish, resell kind of oh, thing. I got you. Yeah, yeah. And uh, th- there's there's a place like a, maybe about forty five minutes to an hour from me that has a toy show like a couple times a year, um, like every few months they have one. Um, mm-hmm. And I've never been to it. Because it, it's never one of those where you see flyers for it all over the place. It's just kind of like everyone knows that it goes on. <laughs> mm. And it, except for me, I never remember uh, to go there. And he was sharing pictures from the show. And I, and I was like, oh, man, you know, I, I wish I had known about it. And he goes, well, there's a show coming up this weekend, a toy show. And I'm like, crap, because I keep having all these scheduling conflicts. Well, like, for example, okay, I see same weekend as this show I was at. And then tomorrow, Don and I were thinking about going to this one convention called Sci-Fi Valley Con. Now, it's probably like a two-hour drive from us. And we've been to it once or twice before a number of years ago. Uh, but we were going to do that just for something to do. And then I found out about the toy show that's completely in the other, op- <laughs> you know, completely... The other direction, out of state, but certainly a lot closer to us. And I'm like, okay, I'll go to the one that's cheaper and closer, and I'm more likely to have stuff to buy. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so we're going to go to the toy show tomorrow. And it's one of those where it's like seven hours long, you know, so it's one day. Uh, but it's supposed to be in two buildings, so hopefully mm-hmm. it's a decent size. And, and then... There's a, a toy show that's local that's going in its like third year. That's a pretty good one. Uh, very 80s centric, which I like. And I was looking forward to going that. And this year is the first year. The 501st is also going to have a presence there. And I would, and I was like, hey, you know, is there room for R2? Maybe I'll just bring R2. Oh, yeah, there's going to be room for R2. I was all looking forward to it, and then my wife informs me that's the same weekend that Otacon's going on, and we had already volunteered to be staff at Otacon. So hmm. it's like I'm like, oh, why is everything going on the same times? It's called adulting, my friend. I was I made the mistake of doing it back around the Power of the Jedi era, and I quit collecting figures, and I realized it was the horrible, most worst mistake of my life. So. I don't even know if it's so much as a dolling. It's it's lack of being able to kid in two places at once. Yes, this is correct. This is very much correct. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm just I'm just glad that pretty much all the conventions are back for the most part and plenty to go around. I mean, it's kind of a good thing if you can't get to one. Hey, there's another one going on the same weekend. So, you know, I guess, I guess that's a positive. You know, looking forward to RetroCon, which is, I think, september because that's 80s centric i always like going to retrocon where's retrocon at uh it's near king of prussia which you probably don't know what king of prussia is but no idea it's out towards philly oh, okay um not quite to philly but uh king of prussia mall is pretty well known 
because uh, it's, yeah. it's huge. It is one of those malls that is, it's not the Mall of America, but it, it might even be the second biggest in the U.S. I'm not sure, but it is really, really big. Hmm. Well, if it's surviving, then it's better than most malls because most malls nowadays are dying quickly. Yeah. It's well, crazy. a lot of the stores at King of Prussia, like you have, you have to have money to go there anyway. Ah, I gotcha. I gotcha. Like in the mall, they have a Tesla dealership. Oh, well. Which then. is really weird. It's a giant blank room. Like there's not even a car in it. And you're like, well, it's an electric car, so it's not even like it would be putting emissions out into the mall to get it in the in the show. Like, wouldn't you want to have a showroom? Like, someone's buying a $50,000 car? <laughs> I would think so, so but... It, it's kind of weird, but they do have a lot of... Uh, King of Prussia has a lot of more expensive hoity-toity type uh, stores. So... Mm, gotcha. But but it, it's it's huge. Two floors it has all these different wings. It's one of those you have to pull up a map, like an amusement park, and it's like, oh, we're near the uh, pirate ship ride. Okay, we gotta go down this way to get to the carousel or whatever. <laughs> you know, that's uh, it gives me more variety. But then again, like me, I get lost in malls. I'm like, you know what? I'll just hit the parking lot at this point. I'll just find. <laughs> <laughs> I know I know what to see there. There's a lot of cars. <laughs> So uh, what what do you think? Uh, I, I would say as far as toy show goes, my my favorite is probably RetroCon, and before that it would have been Steel City Con, which I guess Steel City Con is still pretty good. I just mm. don't spend the money to get out to it because the about the only easy way to get there is the PA Turnpike, and oh no, <laughs> and now going from our place to monroeville where where it's at it probably is like 30 bucks one way oh wow and then you have the price of gas and now a hotel so by the time you pretty much walk in the door and say we're here for the weekend you're easily down 300 or more dollars good so night it just got to the point it it was like well it's a it's a nice show i like going to it but that's a lot of money to spend in order to go spend money yeah yeah, a lot, of, um, a lot of cons are, well, a lot of cons around here. Well, they're not, they're not that expensive where you're having to spend so much extra stuff just to go to it. But what, like the admission here on the, in the Columbus Toy Show, we have twice a year. We have, they've been, they've uh, had their prices slowly creep up on me. And I'm like, man, I'm paying, I think early admission now was like 18 bucks or something like that or 20 bucks. And then if you, or general admission an hour, an hour later is like 15 bucks or something like that. I can't. It was a lot. I was like, holy, I'm paying like 20 bucks just to get in the door. $3 extra, though, isn't isn't all that bad for for early bird. Like, a lot of times early bird is more like 10 I think, mm. a lot of places. Well, and as and I'll, I'll let some of the con behind the scenes, early bird at certain cons isn't really early bird. Because usually the day before on Saturdays, the dealers get to shop with each other first. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, whenever I go to a convention, it's like I do not want to be setting up to the last minute. And the reason why is I want to get all my shopping done and out of the way. Yep. And we have, otherwise, uh, otherwise, I wander around. I don't want to have to worry about, oh, well, I got to get back to my booth or whatever. And, yeah, I and, and with RetroCon, because we always go with the 501st. So we get in early. So, you know, I try to do all my shopping before anything else. <laughs> yep. I bet. Yeah, the I'm trying to think. Uh so I don't I mean I don't hit I haven't hit a lot of cons. Anyway, I hit the two the Columbus twice a year, the one in Cincinnati. There's one in Xenia, Ohio, which a lot of people 
that don't collect toys don't even know what Xenia is. It's like kind of on the way from Columbus to Cincinnati. And they do like a big retro toy con where they have like three or four buildings full. But it's like like toy trains, toy like wooden toys and stuff like that from way back in the day. Um, but it has modern stuff too. But I don't usually hit that one just because it's it's overwhelming on that one. It's just but, as um, far as the size goes. Or? Yeah, you got like five or four to six buildings. It'll fill sometimes. Wow. Um, yeah, it just that sounds really cool. But if it it's is, a lot of stuff you're not interested in. That, that's exactly. I, I mean, I go to it. Some like I, I don't collect vintage. I mean, there's plenty of. If you're a vintage Star Wars collector, go there. Because, but I don't like Columbus and Cincinnati have some vintage, but they're a lot more modern than vintage. Xenia has a lot more vintage than that, and but I don't collect vintage. I don't have that price range to burn four and five hundred bucks for one carded peg warmer from forty years ago. So <laughs> I don't. Yeah, I'd I'd love to get to one of those Columbus or Cincinnati ones, that, you know, because I hear you talk about them, and like I hear other people talk about them too. So I, I imagine mm. they're pretty good, you know, pretty good shows. Well, last uh, the last one was, uh, I mean, people stayed there, but I just like you, people are having hard cash. I noticed back in noticed this back in um March, people are brought cash for lots because they're they're hard capping their spending money because. Everyone knows that despite what the news is telling you, money isn't as uh, available right now because yeah, the, the government uh, is printing money. However, they're not giving me any money. <laughs> exactly. That's so, printing. Yeah. So everyone's hard, hard holding in. So a lot of dealers are like, yeah, we're, we're just getting a little bit over just over. And so I was like, mm. so, so if you had to name a favorite between Cincinnati and Columbus, which do you like the best? Um, well, I'm in, I'm in Columbus, so I'm required to say the Columbus home of the Ohio <laughs> State University and my Ohio State Buckeyes. Um, I will say this for, because CTS runs, I think runs them both, right? Uh, the Columbus, toy, uh, the uh, Central Ohio Toy Show or, or something toy show, I can't remember what it's called. I like Cincinnati's facilities better. They have a much newer facility, but the showroom is much, is sl- a little bit smaller. Columbus is a little bit bigger. But it's in the Lausch Center, which is a little bit older, from like the sixties and seventies. But the big, the bigger facility at Columbus, they they drive in the the Ghostbusters car, the the Batman car, the uh, all con- the Night Riders, and they drive, they park them in the actual building, and then you can go sign with all these celebrities and stuff. Like I, I got I got Saul Schlager Slaughter there last year, a year or two ago. Whereas actually at Cincinnati. The facility that they use is newer, but it's smaller for the area they rent out. But I like it. I think I like the smaller atmosphere slightly better because guys are willing to wheel and deal with you a little bit more because it's a smaller show. Whereas the bigger shows, um, guys are like, how much you want to do? I can't do that. Because they're talking to four and five different people. Well, usually, like I said, later, this recent last few times, it's been a little bit more, uh, people are a little bit more tight on their money. So. Uh, like I said, I'm required to say Columbus, but Cincinnati's right up there in quaintness and in um, more the feeling of toy show, not just a con. That's the thing. So it just, whereas like you're going to cons where there's like music playing and stuff sometimes. And there's like, like people announcing stuff over the PA and stuff. Like I, I do that. They do that sometimes too, but I uh, I prefer toy shows over cons. Just like ICC con, 
like that thing is huge. This thing's getting big now. I was watching videos from Boss Bounty and a few others. It, it feel it felt very small. Like the dealer's room was not all that big at all. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I I see 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 <laughs> uh, <laughs> definitely a little bit more of like an intimate show. It it did not have like a convention feeling. It was definitely more more toy show. Um, I mean, a lot of it really depends on what you want to get out of it. Like Steel City Con, you know, they used to just, it was just a tour show. That's all it was. And then in order to draw in more people, because they always had guests, they started having panels with the guests and they started having costume contests. And then, oh, that brought in a wave of the cosplayers. And I, I know some of the vendors were not as happy with that because they said, yeah, the problem is, is they come because they want to show off their costume and do the costume contest and they're not here to buy toys. But, you know, that was kind of like their their way of growing and, you know, getting getting more attendees. And it worked. And, you know, not having been to Steel City Con for a good number of years now at this point, I definitely have to say, as far as toy shows go, most of the ones I've been to are, are kind of small and eh. So right now, RetroCon, you know, that's my... Uh, that's my favorite at the moment. You know, it's 80s centric. All their guests are usually based around like 80s properties and things like that. So, yeah, I guess those are two recommends for toy shows is Columbus Toy Show if you're uh, in the Ohio area and RetroCon if you're around Pennsylvania area. Nice. All right, so let's get into our main topic. And I w wasn't so much concerned about time because I'm thinking this one might go a little bit quicker for us. And that is our top 10 Phantom Menace figures from the Phantom Menace line back in 1999. Mm. Uh, continuing our uh, series we've been doing of our top 10 figures from each line. Yeah, this one... Uh, I don't know, a, a little bit more on the boring side. At least it's... Because if you think about it, okay, there's like a couple categories for Phantom Menace figures. You have Jedi, you have politicians, mm -hmm. droids, and pod racers. Like, yeah, like you're, those you're are right. four main categories. And actually, you know what? I might, I might change up. So, do you want to go ahead and go and go first? All right. All right. So my first, my first uh, figure, which I'm looking all these up on a fine website, galacticfigures.com. Shout out to Crispy and all them. Wasn't that so much, a, it was a figure, but it was part of an accessory pack, which was what's, I believe, the Tatooine accessory pack. It is the pullback and let go wind up uh, scrubber droid that came with the accessory pack. Little guy, I've, uh, he has like, he's all yellow with a little like um, black and black stripes and silver accents on him. He came with the accessory pack. I, I got a couple of those accessory packs. Those, some of the fewer, some of the few episode one purchases I made early on, like I went, went back and got plenty of episode one stuff, but in the excitement, that was the accessory packs were one of the few things I made sure to get. Cause I just thought they don't have just to be accessories with, with Phantom Menace. We know my, everyone, people that have heard talk to me know my dislike for that way that movie was executed, but I was not in how the figure, like you said, it's either battle droids, Jedi's in robes, or old men in robes, or pod razors. So there wasn't a big selection of things. So I went with things that were more universal. And 
a, a accessory pack with a little scrubber droid that could be used anywhere was my number 10 was something I got. It's my number 10. It was one of the very first ones I got. Hmm. Yeah. I didn't uh, pick up the scrubber droid until years and years and years later. Um, and, and I now have two of them, but hmm. yeah, it's a, uh, and, and I'm not sure if you're aware of this, but the scrubber droid was a tote known as an action packer. And uh, I, actually, I actually had one years ago. I had a small one. I don't think it was the same size as the scrubber droid, but I think they took the lid off, flipped it upside down and repainted it because the action packers were were like a heavy duty tote, you know, that you would like throw in the back of a pickup or something. Oh, and, really? Uh, they, they were black with a gray lid, like a blow molded gray lid. And then they had these red latches on them. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure that's what they did. They took one of those, flipped it upside down. I think they took the hinges off, took the lid off, and they basically made a giant RC car out of it, hmm. which I don't think I've ever seen it in the movie. But it is one of those props that for its time, it would have been easy to, to build. You can't really just go out and buy those action packers now, but you could at the time. Hmm. All right, so um, before I do my number 10, I'm going to give an honorable mention, and there, there's one specific element I'm giving the honorable mention for, and that is, you won't see this coming, probably, bum, 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 Boss Nass. Really? Boss and Nass, huh? The reason I give him an honorable mention is on one thing in particular, his face sculpt and the paint job on it. Okay. To this day... I think is really, really excellent and holds fine. Big boss Nass with his big overcoat around his body here. Give me a second here. Now, did you have the short version or the full size version when you got him? There's a variant of him out there. Uh, wait, there is. <laughs> yeah. So the variant on him. So when they originally got, he was like a uh, blue snag situation. That when they got him, they thought he was real short because he was sitting down in the shot they got. So the original right. sculpt of him is like half the size of the of the later sculpt that's actually the well, size. Well, he is shorter. Yeah, he is short, but no, not like midgy short. Like he's real, real short. And for the original, send, one. send me the link to that. I I am not aware that there was any variation on him. Yeah, I I just thought that the uh, the the paint and sculpt on him is is excellent, uh, especially for its time, and I think it still holds up. Uh, other than that, not the most exciting figure. He has a giant, big kind of clamshell hmm. robe, kind of reminiscent of the Power of the Force 2 Obi-Wan, hmm. where it's just kind of like this giant clamshell that goes over him. Yep. Uh, but I, I do think the paint job was pretty good. So I will go into my number 10 is the Battle Droid with Stap sneak preview. Oh, that's what I forgot to put on there. Yep. Yep. Now, the figure, you, you can't really stand him on his own. He has like a wide stance and his arms are just kind of all floppy and stuff so that when you uh, fire the missiles on, on the stap, the body kind of moves. You know, not the most exciting figure, but I think the reason why, I think the reason I rank him in my top 10 is kind of the nostalgia that went with it because that was really like the first figure that you saw kind of show up in stores. Mm. you know re really early on 
And, you know, it was when we didn't really know anything. And so your brain is just kind of on overload, like, Star Wars is back! And, <laughs> you know, we don't even care what it's about. It's just, Star Wars is back. And we have new stuff on toy shelves from new media. And, uh, you know, okay, what's up with these battle droids? Obviously, they, you know, are going to play a big part. And uh, so I, I think that was part of the appeal i mean the stap as far as the vehicle it's an okay vehicle it's a interesting i think it's an interesting design it's almost like a air chariot or something in a way yeah but yeah i it, you know it had uh kind of had its own shaped box because it didn't really fit into any category of vehicle um uh, you know it was just kind of like in a big window box it didn't have the phantom menace darth maul on it the way like a lot of the other figures did and the packaging well because it, uh, it was a preview like dark like mace window was yeah it, it was it was a green more of a power of the force 2 kind of packaging to it yeah um so i i don't know if it's because they hadn't settled on the packaging design for phantom menace because the the step did come out a little bit earlier than everything else um so it just the packaging doesn't quite fit in with the other Phantom Menace stuff. But anyway, mm. that's my number 10. All right. Well, I forgot to give my own. I forgot to give my own role mentions, which I'll do now. And I was wrong with the boss, Nass. The, so the, the Power of the Force or the Power of the Episode 1 was the short one. And they corrected his actual like height with the Power of the Jedi one. So that was something I was mistaken on. Um, oh, okay. So my honorable mentions, real quick, I'll. I'll bust through them real quick. Are are the destroyer droids? I almost put them in. I didn't because I was a little bit. Uh, I, I really they looked cool, but the whole, one of their I mean just basically their gimmick is opening and moving, and they we did they had one that was like that carry case that's in a rolling position, and yeah. one that was open. So I, I put those as the uh, honorable mentions. And where was it? The um, the Qui-Gon with the Opie, because I like the Opies. So that so, he so gave it was more the the beast that you're giving the points to there. Then the then the Qui-Gon, yes. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So my number nine, I'm giving to your you can you can decide if you want it. Uh shot, sliced, dirty, or clean. The the regular battle droid. It's actually made of a harder plastic than everyone since that can actually stand up. Even though the newer ones are more screen accurate and more detailed, that plastic is so soft. And the this is some of the few that are actually made of a harder plastic that'll still pose for you. So your basic battle droid is number eight or number nine, rather. Yeah, the uh, the the battle droids. I remember I got. I don't know how many variations there were. I think it was four, right? Uh, if you count the stack one, there's five. Okay, yeah, I had all the variations of the battle droid, the different damage and everything. And mm. yeah, you're right. I mean, they didn't stand great even at the time, but yeah, the rubbery plastic they use now on those spindly limbs, it, it's almost like every time in Star Wars now they have a spindly limbed droid. I'm like, oh, here yeah. we go. When they make a figure of that, he's not going to want to stand up. <laughs> and a side note about the EOP. That was another one of those figures. I was like unaware that that was a mail in. I didn't get mine until a number of years later. I uh, still don't have one because I didn't know about it until like I said years later. 
And... Yeah, so like what what the heck? All the merchandising done for that movie and and that must have totally just at least for us it flew under the radar. It well, I mean, we weren't connected socially like we are now with all the stuff and I wasn't part of the the, the fan club yet. I was still in high or I was in my first or second year of college. So I had no money. I'm sitting here trying to collect the uh, stuff. And, yeah. Uh, so speaking of destroyer droid, my number 9 is the destroyer droid. Um, the open one or the rolling a, one? Uh, just the regular one. Okay, okay. You know, I, th- I thought it was uh, the whole fact that they rolled into a ball and everything it was kind of like a kind of like an interesting design. It was just like totally different design from anything else we've seen before as far as droids. And, uh, you know, I remember seeing them in the Phantom Menace for the first time. They come rolling down the hallway and and unfold us like holy crap oh my gosh that's so cool you know we, we forget you know the first time we watched phantom menace i think a lot of us were really amazed by what was going on and it wasn't until you leave the theater and a couple days later where it starts sinking in some of the stuff where you're like well that was kind of weird or that wasn't so great but i mean i saw the phantom menace so many times when it came out you know i, I saw it opening night with a whole big group of my friends. And then I went at some point, saw it with my dad in the theater. And then at one point I saw it with my mom in the theater. Then I saw it with one of my other friends. I, I think I even went and saw it by myself just for the heck of it one day. So uh, we kind of forget that. Yeah. For a while there, we all really loved it. And it wasn't until I think, you know, I think the internet in some way had an effect where you know someone's really critical of it and then people are like yeah you know what they kind of have a point about that one thing but anyway my number nine destroyed raid destroyer nice um like i said it was my honorable mention so it was definitely in there um my number eight (sighs) wipe them out all of them is the holographic lord uh, uh uh lord sidious that's got all those those real textured to the robes. I don't think he, he I don't think he articulates at all. I think he's just a hunk of plastic. He no, got, he does. He's got uh, shoulder and elbow. Ah, okay. So yeah, he, he, he can kind of stand there with like his arms folded, or he can kind of stand there like, hey, you know what? Gives, <laughs> but I just thought that was a because if you remember, just a, a year or two, a few short years earlier, I mean, three or four years earlier. We had this straight clear plastic uh, ghost, Jedi ghosts of Yoda, Anakin, and Obi-Wan. And they actually put like much more detail on this on the sculpt. It has a light blue tint to the plastic and maybe even t- blue deco on the inside to give it a blue tint. Uh, I was like, wow, they can actually do a hologram that looks like a hologram now. And so I loved it. I remember all the debates. There, were, there was a lot of switcheroos going on in the Phantom Menace. Like you have Padme Amidala, and I and so you saw like figures that were Amidala, and then other ones that were Padme, and then so there was a little bit of confusion going on. I think until you saw the movie, like who was who, and then they were the same person, and it was kind of the same with the the Sidious and the Emperor, really, because it was like. Okay, anyone that read the old EU knew that Paul the Emperor was. was Palpatine. At some point, he was Senator Palpatine, even though they never mentioned it in the original trilogy movies at all. He was nope. Senator Palpatine, 
So for all of us that knew that, we're like, well, we know he supposedly becomes the emperor. Well, who's this Star Sidious guy who looks just like the emperor? And then there was rumors about, well, maybe he's a clone of, you know, maybe he's not actually Palpatine. Maybe he's a clone or maybe Palpatine's mm. a clone of Sidious. And I remember there was a lot of that speculation going on you know, with this, who, who's who and how are they related to each other? And like the dark side version of the, the Padme Amidala thing, you have the, the double identity. And, and I don't know if maybe that was intentional on George Lucas's part, you know, that you had like a good character that had this double identity. And then you also had this evil character that had a double identity. But. Well, I think is those of us, we all knew the clone wars and clones were going to be involved somehow. So, because we, we had always heard that from since the OT, I remember me and my buddies thought that like it was Amidala, and all her handmaidens were clones of herself. Just oh, in case really? she was, that's what we thought. Yeah, we didn't realize that like they were just other girls that were like dressed up to look like her and looked had really some of their facial features. So, well, and I remember um, there's rumors too. You know when. when we're talking about cloning about Obi-Wan where some people were like, well, maybe it's like a, a, an abbreviated form of OB one. Like he's the first of the <laughs> clones. I, I remember that was a rumor there for a while too. Like, uh, yeah, yeah. We, cause, cause everyone knew somehow clones is going to fit into it. And we're all like, how's it going to fit in? How's it going to fit in? Yeah, At some point we have to see clones and clone wars and all that. Yep. So, so uh what are we where are we at now you're oh, number eight now my yeah. eight now okay i'm gonna go with another sneak peek figure and that mm. is the mace windu jedi oh, mace windu with the with the blue lightsaber before we got changed to purple if i remember correctly yeah and um i think i i don't remember where i got him i think i got him from my uh plastic crack dealer uh at the flea market now they did release mace windu again with, with a, his uh, hood up, with his hood up, yeah, in a purple white yeah, suit, giant yeah. removable, uh, hard plastic cloak. But uh, specifically, the sneak peek one, I liked the the open cloak, the way it, they kind of had that as a separate layer. They were getting a lot more advanced with how they uh, made their cloaks better. And again, part of why I like that figure, and he made the list, is the nostalgia. And the excitement about the new movie coming out. It's like, oh my gosh, Sam Jackson is a Jedi? Like, come on. You <laughs> bet I'm getting that figure. <laughs> so, oh, man. <laughs> so that is my number eight. Nice. All right. My number seven was number seven just because I'm always a fan of the Tweetlegs. And it when she and her friend were dressed up in the, I think... They were in the booth. They were at the red Twi'lek with all the uh, like chainmail bikini on. Was uh, what's her name? I think her name was Shaka. Hold on, I gotta, gotta see what her name was. But she was she had been she had knee articulation, and oh boy, we had knee articulation on a figure, which was very rare. And uh, she came with I think the cinema scenes. Yeah, where she was at Otto's uh, box. Yep, there she is. Yep. And uh, I was I and I was like, wow! They used that later for, um, I think her head sculpt later for the Twi'lek at the the one uh, nightclub. The, the, that the whole sculpt was reused and just repainted. Oh, that yeah. was uh, her name's like I uh, Vida. Uh, or 
something like that. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. Yep. She could have fit in before the pulpit scene, but I just like the the color. Like we had never seen red Twi'leks before. Like we had we had. If you read like because most Twi'leks were not were predicted as green or beige, just like you saw in Return of the Jedi, and then like wait, you have different color Twi'leks? What the heck? I'm just glad they did that. With them because we get Ao Sakura, who is like purple, and then we have red ones, other red ones with uh, what's her name in the uh, Legacy Collection, Darth Talon, and uh, yeah. Yeah, she she slides in there. Yeah, Twi'leks are a little bit like Skittles. Yeah, they're kind of like the elves of of Star Wars. Yeah, I mean, the clones have all these different colors, and the Twi'leks are like, we just do that naturally. And <laughs> all right, so um, following up on the Mace Windu, now this uh, this number seven kind of shares two figures because they're pretty much the same thing, um, is the Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon with the hood down robes. And... Uh, you can't do a whole lot with them. They're not all that posable. Um, but I did think they look again the way they started doing the uh, sculpted robes, where it would have the holes and then the the sleeves would be part of the arms. I remember thinking, "Wow, they look really good." But of course, now it's like, eh, whatever. But for their time, I thought they looked really great, and uh, I think it was. The first time I can really remember where you could put their lightsabers on their belts, too. Uh, yeah, that's true. I didn't think about that. So, um, and, and I don't remember that being a thing in Power no, of the Force 2. That was not part of the... Well, you, Power of the Force 2, you didn't get unlit hilts. You got one saber. You might have got it later, later in Power of the Force 2, but I just remember, especially those first few years, you got either a gigantic long saber that's all ignited, in the first count, and then a year or two later, you had the, the shorter sabers. Once they realized the first ones were way too long, so now it is a different sculpt. I think the body is actually different, or the arms or something on those uh, that Obi Wan and Qui Gon. But I kind of count them as the same figure. It's the same basic mm. idea. Um, but just because for their time, it was kind of like the technology was advancing with the robes and with the the lightsaber hilt. Um, I. I'm gonna give that as my number seven. Nice, nice. Oh, good, good. The solid pick, solid pick on that one. Uh, my number six, also with an iconic line, another old man in a robe. The disruption can only one me one thing: invasion. Old man with a oh, beard. Oh, you're kidding me! I was gonna, I was gonna say he was my number one just as a joke. Co <laughs> Bibble. He's got a big, huge beard on him. I love it. He looks like, at <laughs> least like, almost like Santa Claus in the Star Wars universe. So I'm like, you know what? He gets in. <laughs> Comes with a with a pistol that I don't think we ever saw him use in the movie. He might have just been holding it. I don't remember. Don't haven't watched that. That's the least watched. From, well, it until recent last few years, it was the re- least watched of all the Star Wars media I watched. Like I, I even watched the Awok movies more than Episode One, but um. Yeah, I just like an old man with a beard. Invasion. <laughs> it, he was kind of a weird pick, but I understand that most of the other main characters they made, and he actually like he actually had lines. In yeah. The movie. Um, he was a figure that when he was first out, I was unaware that they made him. 
I don't know if he was maybe uh, produced in lower numbers, but I remember it wasn't until a couple of years after the fact. I'm like, wait, what? They made him? And so then I had to hunt him down, and hmm. uh, I, I think I ended up getting him at Steel City Con. Nice. Um, it, someone had it. I'm like, oh my gosh, because he was like that rare that like you just never saw him, even at toy shows a lot of times. Oh man, he was a pig warmer here. I yeah, never <laughs> saw him in stores. Wasn't even aware they made him. But I oh, finally man. got him, and then uh, one of the times where I was doing my, oh, I got too much crap uh, periods of my life. I uh, said, why, why do I? Why do I have him? And so I sold him off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, probably a good deal on that one. <laughs> so what what are we at now? Number six, right? Uh, yeah, you're number six. So I am going again with uh, sharing the same the same number, Obi Wan and Qui Gon, but this time the Jedi duel. Oh, they're like without the robes. I gotcha. Yes, and uh, th- these are two that. Uh, that started breaking down for me a number of years ago where they, mm. they started get like the plastic started getting all greasy and stuff. Like they were dissolving or whatever. Oh, um, but those two, of course, the two most pivotal scenes really in, in Phantom Menace were uh, the Jedi duel and the pod racing scene. And I liked the fact that we got elbow articulation so they could actually hold their lightsabers in two hands or one hand. They didn't have... They didn't even have knee articulation, but again, for their time, being able to get more poses with a lightsaber of your figure was pretty darn cool. So they're my number six. Hmm. <clears throat> All right. So my number five was uh, you're with someone you're going to see as a recurring theme for the top five was Padme Amidala when she goes to Coruscant and she has those two like elephant trunk things coming off down to the sides of her head i know which one you're talking about and then it's got like those i don't even know how her the amount of hair gel that would have to be used in someone's (laughs) hair to hold those like those big tube things coming off the ends i I, I always thought padme's outfits and this is the first of a few you'll see on this list should have been at some point revisited which i don't know how many of her Episode one episode outfits have been revisited. Like her episode two outfit, she's a refugee, which is okay, and then she's in the white outfit in the arena. And then episode three, she's I think in the pregnant outfit, and then she's Yeah, that brown uh, that brown one is the only the only costume that they've done a figure of. Yeah in uh, so, Revenge of the Sith. And yep. and oddly enough, except for her white the, the variations of her white suit from Attack of the Clones, hmm. I do believe that every single Padme figure they've done, they have never once revisited any of them. Yeah. It's really weird. Like, well, no, the only reason is the one black one for the Vintage Collection, which they reissued. Remember that? Um, actually, was that because that was the first time we got that in 2012? Yeah, but you're talking about a reissue, not yeah. a... Well, yeah, well, they reissued it in 2018 or 19, something like that later. But, but I'm just saying that, like, that was the only time they'd ever revisited. Oh, wait, wait, wait. I do stand corrected. Her, the outfit she wears, the maroon one uh, to take back feed, 
uh oh yeah yeah yeah, movie yeah heroes line they they redid that one yeah that's true i forgot oh man it was a it was a rough figure i didn't put that one on there but yeah i think that the 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 i don't know how you need to do it maybe put them as like a, a collecting pack like the, the ad or something put packer in with uh i don't know some really popular Jedi's. I'd like to see those sculpts re. I mean, it's probably a pipe dream to think about now, but somehow I would like to see those redone with good soft goods. Like we got that reissue of that one traveling dress where she's in all black. In it, we did just got the one that just got reissued where she's got the black long outfit. Yeah, um, yeah. I, that could have been from waist down. Could have been soft goods and give her. And so it's just way she her knee articulation that she has that because not able to use could be used. And she could sit down like she was on the on the Royal Starship. All right. So my number five is sticking with the uh, lightsaber wielders theme is Darth Maul. For obvious reasons, he's Darth Maul. Uh, okay. Which we talking about Sith Lord, Jedi Duel, Tatooine? Which one, which one are we talking about here? I forgot that they that they had him in that uh, that box set. I, I'm just thinking of the the regular one i i did have the one where he had the full robes on but they uh, in the hard plastic man they were just so bulky <laughs> yeah they were they were rough i ain't gonna lie yeah and and the one that came in the box set with, with him and uh in that cinema scene with him and qui-gon and anakin that one looked okay but it was kind of the the pre-posed thing which i when you have figures that they're made for such a specific pose, to me, it's like it, it's a statue then at that point. So I'm going with the original one, which it is not a all that good of a figure by a long shot, but he kind of has to be there. He's Darth Maul, and that was his first appearance. So I don't disagree. I don't disagree. So I was a fan of Dark Maul for his aesthetic, and but he got used. He got you. But there's no almost no backstory to him, and or no forward story. He's dead. He was a follower. Everyone likes him. I wasn't a fan of Steve Clooney bringing him back, but some people liked him. Yeah, good for him. Good for good for old Zabraki. All right. Well, my number four, continuing with the mall theme, is also a Darth Maul figure. Um, <laughs> my Darth Maul figure, though, is the one that came with his Sith speeder with the soft goods. Oh, um, I forgot about that one. Yeah. Yes, I, I have that one. Comes with the Sith speeder. Comes with his uh, little. Seeker droid or whatever it is that I, I can't remember what they called it. It was like hold on, I think it's called Sith droid or something. Yeah, it um, shoots it out the back. Yeah, uh, Sith probe droid projectile. Yeah, yeah, I, I love those soft goods because they were so different from what we had been getting. Um, I actually use that robe to this day on some of my bought my boss fight figures, and uh, yeah, I love the fact I it was a Sith vehicle when we'd only ever seen Sith like use like shuttles and stuff from the empire something that was made for a sith before the sith were back in power and i just that concept of the sith having to go out and do stuff without armies at their beck and call was really novel to me that's one of the few things about the phantom just got right showing the sith having to do have to work on the ground by themselves and things like that yeah i really liked the uh, design of the speeder too and and that's a vehicle that's never been re-released to my knowledge uh, did they do it in the 2012 TVC collection? I don't think they did, actually. You're right. I don't think so, but 
You know, the speeder's still really good. I just keep that original Darth Maul that came with it on the speeder. But mm. I'm curious how it, how well it fits the uh, the vintage collection Maul. Mm. I'd actually like to get a second vintage collection Maul because I, I only ever got one and I'd love to have another one to display like with the robe. Gotcha. I don't, I don't think I have... No, I, I did get... When they reissued him there that for that reissue, I did get that one. I, I wish I had because I think he's going up in price a little bit. Mm. Mm. I like the Clone Wars one though really well too. That's really good. All right, so at number four for me is Padme Amidala. Uh, this is the Tatooine peasant disguise one. Now, oh. as a figure goes, not all that exciting. Uh, as a likeness goes not all that exciting i i do have to say whoever sculpted uh padme's face was very consistent among all the padme's mm. uh however they look more like a porcelain doll they don't really look like natalie portman at all but once again this is a case where the, the figure i think really gets some points for the color and paint job i i think it's just kind of i like the outfit and and the look and the colors and everything used agreed very much agreed. I, and I uh, and I would totally love it if they uh, did a vintage collection version. I would agree. I give her a cloth skirt around the up to the bottom part of that shirt that's tucked in, and uh, make sure she keeps that little like uh, view screen accessory thing because that's when we were all thinking about tablets for the first few times in the in the like mainstream zeitgeist. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, there's tablets for stuff now. Yeah. And that's when she's that's when she's watching the pod race on that if I remember with Shmi, if I remember correctly. All right, well, very good pick, sir. Very good pick. In fact, such a good pick. I might have already had it for my number three was peasant <laughs> hidden Padme. And for the same reason, the texture on it has two defining textures, one for the outer like little shawl she's wearing thing, and and one for the blue undershirt she's wearing. She has the two little tight. I, I I love the two little tight off ribbons on her wrists because they make her cuffs nice and poofy, and it makes that poof right before the cut. And like I said, she comes with uh, some great detail on her and a little a little uh, pad to watch with two little handles. Almost looks like a, a steering wheel. Almost. <laughs> it's almost yeah. 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 Yeah, well, see, could... so that's you can follow along with the pa the pod race, and and you can switch to camera view from the pod, and then you move it back and forth, you know, like you're flying it. Yep, yep, yep. And uh, she had that, that nice that's, long. That's my that's my uh, in canon explanation. Oh, there you goes. go. I like her the the back of her head had that those two light those two real long braids in the back, and that kind of reminded me of um of Leia back when she had like the um. Ewok Princess Leia. Yeah, yeah. That had that. And so I was like, you know what? I I like I like seeing the pretty girl figures with long hair put them up into braids and stuff. So she got she gets the number three spot for me. Alrighty, so my number three, I do not know his name. <laughs> uh but he came in the Watto box set. He was the really big alien. Graxol Kelvin is who you're speaking of, sir. Yes, thank you. Black uh because he's amazing is what he is I yeah it, it is one of the biggest figures that i think they they make i think about the only figure that really compares to it is uh remember toys r us had that exclusive of that one uh techno union dude that was like 
Yeah, what, what fourteen dollars? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when you get the box set, you know all the characters are well. The the Twi'lek and and that guy are both sitting down, and I figured maybe he was just like glued onto the seat or whatever. And so I open it up, and here that guy's sitting, and you stand him up, and you're like, "Holy crap!" The guy, if it was the scale to the other figures, he's got to be. Like Lance McCall, yep, he's yeah, huge, he's dude. Huge. Then he's got that big fin on his head. He's got soft goods. Yep, uh, like a soft goods robe. I'm a little upset with myself. I did sell mine off a number of years mm. ago, but yeah, he he was just a really cool figure. If for no other reason than that he was an alien and he was a very unique and different design. Yeah, he was. You might be seeing him on my list later on. Let me let you know. Because that's how I knew his name. Because. <laughs> 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 yeah, I was uh, lazy. I'm like, uh, okay, that real tall alien. I Even if I saw his name, I'd be like, I don't know how to pronounce it. <laughs> if they make it too hard for me to pronounce, I'm just like, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, ah, oh, forget it. Well, giant, awesome aliens aside, my number two pick was basically this was a tc14 the only vac metalized figure we got in that line which is the, he's the silver c3po droid that serves uh, in with the silver surfer <laughs> yeah with, he serves uh uh in a can obi-wan and He's the Qui-Gon. silver server, not the silver surfer. Exactly. <laughs> he comes with that weird looking thermos that looks like an adult toy. And, <laughs> uh, I'm like, okay. But, you know, he's nice and shiny. He's a server droid. He's one of the few things from the Phantom Menace I recognized. And I was like, oh, it's a, it's a three, it's a three PO unit. Oh, okay. I'm going to, I love it. it hit because that in our two units is basically all we got that we were in the human species, I guess, was in near Yoda was all I recognized. So I know what he got, he was up there. I don't think there was a, unless the R2's domes were back middle lines, but I don't think they were by that time. They were just still doing the, the clear, mostly clear uh, silver paint plastic. I think only like the, the, the deluxe ones were getting the back middleization, but he was a regular car. He was hard to find too. That's why I remember him so easily because he was sold out everywhere. Yes, he was difficult to find. Again, I don't know that this may have been a low run. Uh, I don't. I don't know why that one figure was really hard to find. But um, yeah, I I remember. I did not get. I don't remember when I got him. I might have got him at a toy show or something like that because I don't remember seeing him in stores. And he is my number two as well. Oh, nice. And uh, I, I thought it was kind of neat. You know, most most of the 3PO figures, their arms are just kind of down at their sides. They can't really actually do anything with them. So this one was kind of cool. You know, they. Uh, I guess she uh, could hold the tray. Yep. Uh, yep. So, yeah, my number two is also TC-14. It's interesting. A lot of ours have been, like, the same or just off by one. Yeah, because we have good taste. That's the, that's the reason. That must because, be it. So let, let's see about number one. Where we so my, well, my number one, as you said, like, again, Greg, as I said, Greg Sol Kelvin, the huge alien from the Wattos box. He's my number one. That's how I knew his name. Because ah. I love that figure. 
I have, um, I remember when I first got them, which is only about five years ago, maybe 10 years ago now. I, uh, I didn't know they made that figure, but I knew they made the red Twi'lek. And I was like, I couldn't figure out where she's at. And then I see it comes in the models box set. All right. I'm looking for it. And I see this guy and I just think he's like an, ex like he's built into the, the, like you thought he was built into the seats or whatever. He's not really a figure. And then he got something, he opens up and like, holy crap, this is awesome. He's huge. So yes, cracks all Kelvin, huge, good, soft goods. He doesn't really have legs. It's he's just one big. He's a he's a he's a shampoo bottle that has a bend where his knees should be that lets him sit. But he has he has, doesn't actually have separate legs underneath the robe. He's just one big celery stalk. Uh, I still love it though. He's my number one. Yeah, great figure. So from my number one, uh, and it didn't show up on your list at all. I have Watto. Really? Ah, yes. I thought about Watto. I For thought about him. For a couple reasons, once again, I think the paint job was really, really well done uh, on him. I, I mean, if you look at Phantom Menace, some of the ones where I've you know remarked about the paint jobs, like Boston Ass, as honorable mention, and and Padme, and this one, it seemed like there was a big jump in that. I don't know if you want to call it painting technology or <laughs> uh, paint quality or whatever, but there definitely seemed to be a jump from just the regular power of the force to Phantom Menace, where they got a lot more of the paint job where it could fade like from one color to another. And I, I think they did a really good job on Watto with the paint. I know in Watto's box, that version is more blue and the general mm. release is more green. And I think the blue is technically more accurate but I guess because I got the green one first, that, that's the one I think of as, as the colors. So when I say quality of paint job, I'm not necessarily meaning accuracy. I'm just meaning like the fading and the weathering, if you will, mm. uh, and paint detail. And also the other thing, I think Watto is a very unique design of Alien. It was kind of like yeah. they threw everything at it. It's like they said, uh, we're going to have wings kind of like a, like a a fairy mixed with a, a dragon or something and then he's gonna have like big suction cup looking feet like something else and then he's gonna have this this big nose like gonzo but then he's gonna have tusks and he's gonna have stubble it was and, and then he's gonna have a pot belly it was like they just threw everything at him and they came up with a really really unique alien that doesn't look like anything else i've ever seen in sci-fi so he is my number one. Hmm, excellent, excellent choice. I uh, I also like to think I like the single card release slightly over the what the what the Waddle's box because the single card release comes with his little abacus counter thing where he's tallying up all his profits and stuff. A little, yep. Uh, yep. Which I don't think uh, accessories count for me. Yes, they they do. Uh, I I've noticed just even based on some of uh, some of the items on your list, like you had the Darth Maul. With mm -hmm. the Sith speeder, you had the scrubber droid, which is pretty much a glorified accessory. Uh, and you had the Yopi, mainly for the Yopi, not uh, Qui-Gon. So, you know, I definitely see where all those kind of kind of mattered. Because I think if you if you took out the Yopi, that Qui-Gon figure wouldn't be on your list. And nope. if the Sith speeder was taken away from that Darth Maul figure, probably wouldn't have been on the list. Uh, maybe the soft goods really helped it out. Yeah, as an accessory. Yeah, I tell you who who I could swap out for Seal Bibble would be Rick O'Lee. 
he had came with a gun and a removable helmet. Even though he's oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, notice what was not on either of our lists is any of the pod racers. I noticed well because see, I thought about uh Odie Mandrell or Sebulba in the Pitroids. What by the way, my girlfriend she loves the Pitroids because she only sell them in episode one and then sold them again in uh, Pelimoto's junkyard. She loves them because they're all goofy and stuff. I, I think they're fine, you know. But I think it's just because, like, they're small and the Odin Mandrell and Sabalba, the pod, they're small and forgettable. The pods are more what we remember, not really the pilots so much. Yeah, I got to admit, I had, I had most of the pod racers, and I think I've gotten rid of all but two. And it's because they were like some of them; they were almost accessories. Yeah, they were small, they were just so small, and uh, you know, at the time they didn't have some of the same articulation. So to me, it was just kind of like, eh. yeah. I got like one, two. I think there was a two pack later on in a different line, and then there was a, the the. Uh, and what I never got was Ben Quaternaris because th- that was yeah. Really- it was a, a glorified face. garbage figure. It was a garbage design for a yeah. character. I'm like, no. Nope. Didn't get Glenn Quadrenaris. Didn't get uh, Odie Mandrill. I did get four or five of the other ones, though, because I got, of course, Anakin, the uh, the Ray's uh, character, um, the guy that looks like a big, kind of like a Tasmanian devil with a with a pilot cap on, and the guy that looks like Big Bird if he was on crack and really skinny. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. I got all those. Again, like the only way I've made two pod racers, which is Sebulba, which I have, and Anakin's, which the reissues in 2012 for that vintage collection, those are hard to find. So is that, uh, so is that, um, when they remade the Naboo Starfighter from that reissue? I don't, for some reason, that version of episode one stuff is like just memory hold. I think I might have seen it once, the Naboo Starfighter, and I didn't pick it up because I already had the previous version. And I, and I think also at the time, there was a lot of us that were just like, too, too much. It was like uh, Phantom Menace 2.0 when it came to some of the merchandising. You know, there was a lot of figures hanging on pegs, and it was very confusing because they had that, that movie Heroes line mm-hmm. running concurrent, and so it was like, you could get Jar Jar and movie heroes, but then you could also get them in this other line and then you could also get them in this other line. So I think people, a lot of people are just like, eh, we have these already, <laughs> but you know, while we're talking about that line, um, why don't we talk about some of the other stuff they, they made for it? Cause hmm. I, I realized when I was making this list, there is one huge glaring omission in vehicles for the Phantom Menace. Do you know which one that is? In vehicles? Yes. Oh, um, the Bongo. Not the Bongo. Is it the Bongo sub? The, the, the Bongo, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, I agree. That's one that needs that should have got made. Yes. And if you're talking about like key scenes, like, you know, I, I said you have the, the Jedi duel and you have the pod racer scene, I would say probably the third to that would either be the big battle droid battle at the end or the underwater stuff with the bongo and they did release one of the big fish that was that looks kind of like a red angler fish <laughs> you know he's all undersized and you, but you can suck water up the room yes i, I got that yes, he, he, he is very undersized but they that was like part of the if you want to say the underwater theme uh you know they had that fish they had a quote-unquote swimming jar jar where he was supposed like he was swimming 
So they kind of went into that underwater thing, but that was a big vehicle that could have held three figures. I'm really surprised they didn't. They could have had a little trigger on it where you squeeze the trigger and it makes the propeller spin. And then even when the Phantom Menace came back to theaters, they re they made all new tooling for a Jedi or uh, the Naboo Starfighter, but they kind of missed their chance to have a bongo. So at this point, I'm guessing we will never see one. In, unless it's some really big anniversary for Phantom Menace or something, maybe. But that was that was like a a key vehicle that was missed, which is kind of surprising because we got the Famba, which is the giant dinosaur thing that had the uh, shield generators on top. Which that was again one of those things I did not find out they ever made it until years after the fact because it was a. Uh, FAO Schwartz, Schwartz, I think. No, I knew about it. Um, yeah, you're right. The Famba is a huge, huge beast. The OPs be like the Famba. It didn't need to be like they did the Flash Speeder. Remember the Flash Speeder also came out. Yeah, I never um, got it because it was kind of like oh, okay, it's just some little land speeder thing. And I think at the time I was, you know, I was my early twenties, and so. I didn't necessarily have a ton of room. You know, I was moving out on my own around around then. I don't remember if I was moving out or I was already out. Uh, so, you know, I didn't have a ton of room for vehicles. I did get the Naboo Starfighter, but um, I kind of steered away from, you know, the, the green speeder. Mm-hmm. I got it. I, I like it, but it just need to be. So that, that can hold two, three, technically three figures. Has a little shooting and projectile effect. Like in like the Famba would could be that's all it need to be hold three figures because all saw whatever saw and it was Obi Wan, uh, Qui Gon and, and Jar Jar. Just give it a clear dome, give it kind of a fishy look to it. Bam, voila! I don't know that that was something that I've seen. I've heard multiple people say they want that, and I was like, you know what, the Bongo, yeah, because it they go adventuring with the Bongo deep into Naboo's center core because. Naboo, some weird planet that has an ocean for its center instead of, you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I 100% agree on the Bongo. I mean, it should be done. Yeah, as far as other vehicles, did, did they ever do Darth Maul's ship? Not in three and three quarter. They did it in Micro Galaxy or something like that, or Micro Machines. Or... Yeah, I know they've, they did it in a couple smaller scales. So that right there would be another like key vehicle that I think was uh, missing from the Phantom Menace. However, that and the Bongo, unless they were brought back in some sort of new live action media, wouldn't hold my breath on them ever making them. I don't know. You know, you said a bunch of people were like, oh, they would love to have the Bongo, but broad market? Yeah, no. Maybe not. Maybe those would actually be the types of things that they could do as a HasLab. Not every HasLab has to be $500, right? I mean, the, we, we just saw the G.I. Joe helicopter come out, you know, for 250 you said? Yeah. So you can do a smaller HasLab in order to get those things that wouldn't otherwise justify mass market. So maybe that is kind of maybe how they need to shift some of their, their focus, too. You know, you either do stuff that people really, really, really want, and a lot of people really want it, or you do stuff that is more affordable. Yeah, for a lot of people. So, 
Otherwise, I'm going to restart going to Dr. Dodonna because I'm going to need to talk about prices going up more and more and more. Okay. Because uh, they made the Thebe Palace, they said. They made the, uh, the Naboo Starship, which was a great, great vehicle slash playset. Because I remember Thebe Palace kind of... Oh, the, the Thebe Generator. That was the other one. The Thebe Power Generator. The Thebe Palace and the... Uh, cause remember that's, they both came with battle droids and really bad. Uh, one of them came with a really bad or, uh, three, uh, Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon's that looked, they were just basically glorified pieces of plastic with some cuts in them to call it detail near ago. Uh, uh, yeah. So what would you say? I mean, we talked a little bit about, you know, the bongo being a, a vehicle that's missing. What, what do you think? really needs revisited as far as the figures go in the in the phantom menace i think a key one i think the last the vintage collection qui-gon we got was not bad i don't like i i think even i i think it was in the legacy collection we got the last uh jedi obi-wan and i think that still really falls short of the mark uh in regards to his likeness it still does not look like ewan mcgregor at all nope uh, uh... Yeah, it, and the and the Padmes. I think we need pretty much all the Padmes redone, and Obi Wan. Absolutely, all the Padmes for sure, because they're those are so intricate and detailed. There's a bunch of them in Power of the Jedi, but all definitely all the Episode One collection ones. Um, oh, and Slave Anakin, which we've never got super articulated Slave Anakin for finished collection. Yes, okay. he, he definitely needs updated. You know, you know, and I know they redid the destroyer droids. I think in the 30th anniversary. Yeah, were those are were those are like half a force shield? They came. Were with? they were they articulated with that force shield or not? I can't remember. Well, the original Phantom Menace ones, uh, the legs were articulated and the arms were articulated. Okay, but they didn't like you couldn't collapse it together into the ball into the ring. No, I don't think any of them you could. Okay. I think they only had the rolled up version that was, you know, permanently that way. Hmm. All right. Well, then I'll I'm do. Not, I'm not I'll... a destroyer droid expert, so I don't know. Yeah, me either. Uh, all right. So we'll do. All right. We'll do all the Padmes and their for her and Persona outfits, and then Anakin, Anakin Slave. And then uh, one more that I thought could be revisited, maybe. And, uh, well, maybe two. There was the Gungan Warrior. What's his name? Um, uh, not Tarples. Yes, we do need a new Captain Tarples. Ah, uh, not even Captain. Uh, you know what? Tarples can slide in there, but they also need a Gungan warrior. That has, like, uh, not till Power of the Jedi. Uh, well, Jack- well, there was one with the Famba. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, he's got like the more thicker leather. Yeah, yeah, with the Famba. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't mind having just a generic uh, Gungan warrior because they did have a lot of them in there trying to fight and getting their little cells blown to pieces so yeah when they uh in that movie heroes line they had a gungan and they and i think they also had one in vintage collection maybe because they um they had one where it had like the big horn and they had another one that had the weird telescope but it was like sideways with like two knobby ends Hmm. Uh, like some sort of rangefinder. They had both of those that were super articulated, and, and those are good figures. In Power of the Jedi, they had one that had the shield. 
Oh, yeah, here it is. Oh, and here's the one from Glenn. Finish collection that came with, like, the two Nobby things and the staff. Yeah, you're right. I didn't. Even, I did not realize that we yep. hadn't had anything. Oh, wow. That's yeah, I, I actually, um, in, a, in a, a lot purchase, I got a hold of, I don't remember whether it was the one with the horn or not. Um, I got a second one of those. And so I gave the shield to one of those guys because the sculpt is a lot better than the the one that actually came with the shield. So I have some Gungans. But we're missing an updated Tarples, and we're missing an updated Boss Nass, which I think with soft goods could be pretty Yeah, good. Boss Nass with soft goods would be nice. Or... Yep, so yeah, that kind of does it for, for our top 10 list. Yeah, th this one was kind of odd because there wasn't, a whole lot that really jumped out at me like even power of the force 2 had a lot of good figures for a variety mm -hmm. of reasons well it had a lot of new stuff a lot of new characters we didn't get you know like the like the thrawns and the tarkins and gunners and sand troopers and stuff but phantom menace like i said it was kind of like you had those categories you had jedi politicians and uh pod racers and you know, a couple droids. Yeah, and our li our lists were very close to the same in a lot of ways. Because we had good, we had, because we we see good figures that were had, were well made and had good, I don't know, good had, had good aesthetics with them. I, that's something else. I think it, the, the toy makers could only make the co the outfits as good as the original art director had them approved for in in Phantom Menace. And I don't know if it was George himself or another art director, but too much, too many of the characters looked too alike. Uh, tons of people in robes. The, the, col the colors, especially. The yes. Very heavy on blue because if you look at uh, Senator Palpatine, it looks very, very close to um, Valorum. Yeah, Valorum. And then you even have some of those blue colors in, uh, in Padme's peasant outfit. And then, of course, the Jedi. I mean, well, that's a little bit of a different matter because yeah, they, you they were supposed to be that way. But you know, Phantom Menace, despite that those color palettes on some of that, the the costumes were amazing in that. The uh, the woman that did the costumes was uh, Trisha Bigar. And I don't know I don't know if she also did Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith, but I know she did Phantom Menace. And uh, I actually have a book about the costumes, like from the prequels, and it and it has some photos that are close up. I mean, like you're looking one to one scale on some of the fabrics and she did an amazing job. And I think that year for the Oscars for costumes, but there was some other movie that nobody cared about. Nobody ever heard of <laughs> There's some film that I guess the critics were about it. And they won for costumes that year. And at that point, I'm like, the Oscars are dead to me. There's no way. You compare those two films, and you don't properly give the Oscar to to her for Phantom Menace. It was like at that point, it's all a lie. It's all a sham. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, and the funny thing is, the movie that I think won was called Topsy Turvy, and the only reason I know that is I was so angry about it. It's like it, it festered in my brain that. That freaking movie won best costumes. Topsy Turvy. Uh, How many have you ever heard of it before? Exactly. Nobody heard about it. It came out that year. Nobody had seen the movie. <laughs> I'll have to look it up. I mean, who knows? Maybe I'm wrong and 
that one was only nominated to or something and then i'll be like all this time it's it's way i'll have to go talk to dr dodonna again oh no <laughs> <laughs> oh man wow okay so yeah this uh this episode has been kind of all over the place hasn't it <laughs> so yeah next time uh we revisit our list we will be moving on to power of the jedi line which that was when it, it was kind of like uh they started hitting their stride there on uh really really bringing in some some new aesthetics yeah and really? uh new sculpting so all right uh j just to all our listeners if uh you didn't know we have a facebook page we don't do a whole lot with it but uh we do have a facebook page if you want to contact us you can message us through there or you can simply email me at ejb at holeintheground.pro.com if you have any questions about the show also if you have something really cool you want to show off some uh some fan-made work you do dioramas customs maybe you wrote a book do toy photography whatever and uh you maybe want to get showcased on the show let us know through either of those two forums email or facebook we also have a youtube channel and an identical one on rumble again we don't use those all that much usually if we do something where we have to have video or it makes sense to have video. Sometimes we'll take those portions of the show and post them there as well. So, Matt, where can people find you? Uh, I'm usually on the rebelscum.com forums, posting uh, posting critiques and things like there. Uh, my social On social media, you can find me on Instagram at Rezekai the Ghost. Uh, where I haven't really posted anything in a few months because I haven't really got a chance to do some figure photography, but that will be changing. I'll be posting some more figure photography on there soon. But those are my two main areas to get a hold of me on uh, social medias. Alrighty, if people want to get a hold of me, they can go to holeinthegroundpro.com. And I recommend you do go to holeinthegroundpro.com because I sell all sorts of really cool resin prop and diorama kits so if you are a star wars collector and i assume you are if you're listening to this show and you want some backdrops some vehicles that were never made before all sorts of cool stuff to go with your star wars figures uh i suggest you check it out holinthegroundpro.com also you can go to uh if you just search for hole in the ground pro on instagram uh i started posting more there i still don't have a ton there but i started posting more there uh as well as facebook and with that we'll bid everyone farewell until next time later everybody <laughs>